28 years after the Babri Masjid was demolished, all 32 accused of plotting a conspiracy and incitement that led to the destruction of the 15th century mosque were acquitted for lack of evidence. This includes some big names from the BJP and the Sangh Paribas such as LK Advani, Murli Manohar Joshi, Kalyan Singh and Uma Bharti among others. Although the CBI Special Court examined as many as 351 prosecution witnesses, including journalists, locals and police and government officials, Special CBI Judge S.K. Yadav observed that there was no conclusive proof that the 1992 demolition was a pre-planned criminal conspiracy and held that it was just a quote-unquote spontaneous outpouring of emotions. In fact, he notes that some of the accused tried to stop the quote-unquote anti-social elements that were engaged in the destruction of the mosque. Welcoming the verdict, while Advani said that it's a vindication of his personal belief and the BJP's belief and their commitment towards the Ram Janmabhoomi movement, leaders of the opposition from the Congress, the AIMIM and the CPIM are all calling this a travesty of justice and asking who is it then that brought down the Babri Masjid. The judgment is a whopping 2300 pages long and although the finer details are yet to be reviewed fully, how should we be looking at the judgment? Did the fact that it's been going on for close to three decades affect the handling of the case? In this podcast, you'll hear from Vakasha Sachdev, legal editor of The Quint, Sanjay Hegde, senior advocate at the Supreme Court, Nilanjan Mukhopadhyay is senior journalist, and BJP politician Sudhanshu Mittal. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shorbri. So how did the charge of criminal conspiracy get included in the Babri Masjid case? Let's rewind a little. Two main FIRs were filed on 6 December 1992, the day Kar demolished the Babri Masjid. One against unknown assailants who had climbed the doom and hammered away at it. The second one named eight people. LK Adwani, Murli Manohar Joshi, Uma Bharti and Vinay Katyar of the BJP and members of Vishwa Hindu Parishad such as Ashok Singhal, Giriraj Kishore, Vishnu Hari Dalmia and Sadhvi Ritambara. Other than these two, 47 more FIs were filed based on complaints lodged by journalists as well. But anyway, initially the case against the car savers was handed to the CBI and the other one to the CID. However, a year later in 1993, the UP government handed both the cases over to the CBI. And that year, the CBI filed a charge sheet against 40 people, including the eight BGP and VHP leaders. Three years later, the CBI filed another supplementary charge sheet, which they claim began in 1990 when the first attempt to demolish the mosque was made. And the Quint's legal editor, Vakasha Sachdev, explains more on the procedural challenges that came up in the subsequent years that contributed to such a slow and tedious prosecution. Now, initially, these FIs were supposed to be dealt together when the case was transferred to the CBI. The CBI filed a charge sheet putting all of this uh, this stuff together and had said that there was a grand conspiracy behind all of this. When the initial Lucknow uh, court had looked at the framing of charges again, they found that there was a clear case for conspiracy. Over the years, however, there were a lot of procedural challenges raised to the way all of this happened. Uh, LK Advani and the other people accused of conspiracy were able to show that the, uh, that the necessary permission from the high court hadn't been taken when adding this charge when clubbing the cases together. And this defect should have been pretty easy to actually uh, fix, but the CBI didn't take action in time. 
uh, the case eventually then ended up getting split into two as you heard from vakasha this case followed anything but a straight line after a lot of back and forth in 2003 the case involving advani and the other leaders was separated from the main one in lucknow and sent to raibareli advani was in fact discharged by the raibareli court in 2003 though the allahabad high court put him back on trial in 2005 however even though it did this it held that the conspiracy charges against him and the other leaders couldn't be tried and all this back and forth went on until the supreme court stepped in in 2017 and merged the two main cases brought back the charge of criminal conspiracy and also put a deadline on the trial at the cbi special court but the fact that this case went on for 28 years only to end with an acquittal for the accused for lack of evidence what does it say about the handling of the case senior advocate sanjay hegri offers his analysis well i don't think anybody wanted any convictions in the matter the cbi had a very selective role to play and this is an entire process two uh, two fir's were filed they were they were sought to be prosecuted in separate courts there was a technical defect in as much as they hadn't taken the uh, permission of the high court so therefore uh, when when the matter went to the high court the high court first stayed the trial then they thereafter struck down on one part of it the cbi did not file an appeal you see a lot of all this happened during the the nda regime of mr vajpai thereafter there was a change of regime but still there was no seriousness in prosecuting it the cbi never filed an appeal and if you actually take the timeline this uh, case proceeded towards a conclusion only after the 2017 judgment of the supreme court which combined both matters said you uh, take the evidence which has already been recorded continue the case from there and then deliver a verdict what the court, uh, supreme court has achieved by the uh, uh, by the 2017 verdict was to bring the matter to some conclusion whether that conclusion whether the verdict at the end of the process satisfies anyone or not that was not for the supreme court at that stage to do but the entire period of uh, whatever 25 years where there was all this pussyfooting was obviously did not inure to the benefit of the prosecution it inured to the benefit of the defense delay is a well known defense tactic and and i don't think one should be particularly surprised at the final verdict which has come today now talking about the verdict while on one hand the cbi judge said that the investigative agency has failed to prove a conspiracy by the accused and that it was a spontaneous act and not a pre-planned attack on the other hand we also have material in the public domain material that have been provided by a large number of journalists some of whom were key witnesses in the case which is at odds with what the court says The Quint had also interviewed one of them, Praveen Jain, who is a key witness in the case. This was because the photojournalist had captured images of the rehearsal of the Babri demolition a day prior 
on 5th December 1992. And he said that he had to disguise himself as a member of the VHP to gain access to the grounds on which the practice was being held. And that his photographs certainly seem to indicate that the demolition was pre-planned and not quote-unquote spontaneous. You can also check out the interview in the show notes of this episode. But considering all these facts, how do we view the judgment? We spoke to Nilanjan Mukhopadhyay, a senior journalist who had also reported extensively on the alleged conspiracy in the demolition and he says that it's not just the evidence that counts but the intention that matters you know it is a very uh, clever verdict going by only the criminal evidence or the forensic evidence what we call it does not take into account any of the other material evidence which was there of the demolition being planned being the intention both are equally important what you cite is not just praveen but a large number of journalists of that period which includes me had written reports extensively either directly or quoting sources of how various plans were made and preparations were done meetings were held on how the mosque is to be demolished it has been documented it is part of the liberhan commission report also hmm. these obviously have not been factored second most important thing which is not been factored is that in july 1989 when the vishwa hindu parishad formally became a party in the civil suit hmm. by filing a uh, petition on moved by their vice president Deoki Nandan Agarwal who was himself a former high court judge he filed this case on behalf of Ram Lala Virajman as the next best friend which became the lead case in the entire title suit which was disposed of by the supreme court in November 2019 now the petition which was filed by Agarwal in July 1989 it clearly sought an injunction against the plans to construct a temple after demolishing the existing structure hmm. this is co- i am quoting verbatim from the supreme court uh, judgment right. so in july 1989 the vice president of the vishwa hindu parishad becomes a party in the court case saying that it wants to construct a temple after demolishing the existing structure hmm. so i think it settles it that the demolition was a intended planned event hmm. how to break it what equipment to use is all a question of finer detail which were documented by the media hmm. the cbi court has certainly not either taken these into account or has not been provided the details by the prosecution hmm. either of these possibilities shows that how the entire case was manipulated and they generally decided to follow what the courts these days are increasingly believing to be the general societal sense of a majoritarian nature Well, there's a lot of ongoing speculation on whether the CBI will file an appeal. 
Members of the BJP refute the conspiracy charges against the veteran leaders and argue that the case against their senior leaders was the real conspiracy. BJP member Sudhanshu Mittal, for instance, argues that Advani was himself dismayed by the incident. The demolition of the Bavri Mosque was not a planned event. In fact, if you recollect the reaction of Atal, uh, Advani ji on the event, he was extremely dismayed and he says, my political movement has been now cried. Because uh, this was a symptom, this was a symbol of the kind of politics which was being practiced in India. The politics of appeasement, the politics of uh, minority appeasement and pseudo-secularism. At times in life, even Sovatek people, this was not the first time a congregation had gathered at the Ayutthaya Mosque. But uh, because of certain uh, aggressive uh, behavior of people who were trying to protect the mosque, it provoked uh, a few sunsevas uh, and devadivans then went on and did what happened. And then the overall uh, gathering which basically had desired this, they got an opportunity and they went ahead uh, in demolishing. But to term it as a pre-planned conspiracy was uh, preposterous. This was done at the instance and at the, you know, at the political messaging of the uh, secular party, so-called secular party, to appease the hurt psyche of the Muslims. So there was no truth in the fact that there was a conspiracy which led to the demolition. While Advani and Joshi have said that this verdict of the special court vindicates them, Opposition leaders like Sitaram Yachuri and Randeep Surjewala have sought to suggest that it contradicts the Supreme Court's verdict from 9th November 2019 in the Ayodhya title dispute in which the Constitution bench held that the demolition of the Babri Masjid was in quote-unquote clear illegality and egregious violation of the rule of law. It should be noted, of course, that the court was not looking at the evidence about the demolition and was instead dealing with a civil dispute over who should get to own the land. More details of the special court's judgment are likely to be out soon, but will there be an appeal? And will the CBI do better with such an appeal? That's something that remains to be seen. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.